Welcome back to PuckCast with Statsman and AJ, Rotowire's fantasy hockey show. Hello, friends. I'm Paul Bruno coming to you from the Canadian Southern Ontario region. And you can follow me at Statsman22. And my co-host is AJ Scholes. He's a great follow at AJ Scholes24. He's based in the central United States over in uh, Sun Perry, Wisconsin. That's pretty close to Rotowire headquarters over in Madison. You know, off the top this week, we're gonna we haven't touched on the thirty-two teams in thirty-two like we did last year or the last several years. But what I want to do with you, AJ, is take a look at one division each of the next four weeks and go in a cycle like that for the rest of the season if it works out. But there are questions off the top in the Atlantic Division. Uh, we thought that it would be a bit of a shakeup in terms of what we usually expect in this group because of some of the lesser teams catching up a little bit. But there are several uh, points that I want to raise and get your reaction to. I mean. Are we surprised that Boston's 5-0 and out of the gate? I sure am, but maybe we shouldn't be because we've both, both counted Boston out before only to be fooled, and uh, they're showing us again that they're going to be a serious contender if, if what we're seeing in the early going is, is uh, going to hold true to form. The Detroit Red Wings, we expected a bit of an uptick from some of the lesser lights, but maybe Detroit wasn't the team that we focused on. They're on fire out of the gate. We got it right when we thought about Tampa and Florida both struggling like uh, – we thought at the outset because of injury issues, keeping out some big players there. And I wonder if Devin Levi has played himself out of the net in the early going in Buffalo. There was a lot of pressure on this kid to come in and star and take over the starting role, but he's struggled a little bit. And uh, there is some question about how the goaltending mix is going to work there. And of course, I can't leave this division without talking about a bit of a goaltending question in Toronto. Joseph Wall is challenging Sergei Samsonov for the net in Toronto, and it looks like he's going to get the start in this day uh, that we're recording where all 32 teams are in action, AJ. So welcome aboard. Uh, AJ Schultz, the next voice you'll hear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely a little bit uh, upside down in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, you you left out the fact that Montreal sits third in the division right now in a playoff spot while the Toronto Maple Leafs are not in a playoff spot. So, yeah, to your point, um, it's been a, a bit of an exciting start. Look, I, you know, we, we both said that we weren't as high on Boston um, due to some question marks about their lineup. I think those questions are still, still valid, um, but we did highlight the goaltending for them, that they have really good goaltending. They have really strong players in, in this lineup. So, uh, maybe we shouldn't, maybe you're right, Paul. Maybe we uh, threw them <laughs> threw them by the wayside too quickly. Uh, and, and they're definitely showing that here. I think the other thing to mention, you know, you, you mentioned Levi and, and Buffalo. And certainly the numbers haven't been good, but uh, is dealing with a bit of a, a lower body injury. Missed the last two games because of that. So we'll do our injury segment a little early uh, talking about him there, Paul. So uh, I think you still got a chance. To, to secure, you know, to right the ship here. Uh, his win against Tampa was really solid. Um, but, yeah, the numbers aren't great to start out, and we'll, we'll have to see, um, you know, what the other other two guys can do. Comrie wasn't significantly better in his two starts. Uh, Uka Pekalukinen has just not played, uh, so they're obviously not enamored with him any longer. So a lot of question marks in the Atlantic right now, that's for sure. Absolutely. And we'll roll through the other divisions in the coming weeks. So we'll get a chance to pan your penguins soon enough. Don't worry. But uh, why don't we slide into a look at last week's hot players. AJ, I'll start us off by looking at the Detroit Red Wings trying to, trying to explain their hot start. Of course, they're led by their captain, Dylan Larkin, and he led all shooters with uh, 68 fantasy points on the week, made up of three goals and six helpers, six power play points. So he was a dominant force. Of course, he's owned in almost 100% of all the fantasy leagues out there, so you expect him to be a solid performer. Alex Dabrinkat, similarly uh, shining brightly for the wings uh, near the top of the list and scoring five goals and three helpers as he's off to a great start in his home uh, state and happy to be there, I'm sure. Then we start to get into some of the lesser lights. AJ, I'll mention two before I flip it over to you to take us through more names, and we'll go back and forth a little bit. But Seth Jarvis is a guy who's had top six minutes in Carolina for a while. He has a multi-position multi ranking in a lot of fantasy leagues, so that makes him extra valuable. And last week he had 49.9 points in fantasy, made up of four goals and two assists. He was in there for 11 shots on goal and had a couple of hits and blocked shots to make up that total. 
And as long as he gets top six minutes, he's going to be a bit of a sneaky ad because he's one of those sidekicks that fits in with some of the big boys in that lineup, and he's doing it very well. Another guy who has that same opportunity is Arturi Lekkonen. He played in Montreal a couple of years ago, but he's got to think he died and went to heaven. Now he's playing on the wing with Nate McKinnon on the top line with him and Mikko Rantanen when he gets there on the power play as well. So uh, a great spot for him, and his ownership's only 49%. If he gets that role for the rest of the season, that ownership's going to rise because he's going to have weeks like this where he had two goals, four helpers, 11 shots on goal, three hits and two blocks. So you can see how a good situation can raise the level of a lesser uh, player than some of the big boys that we normally talk about. So worth mentioning guys like that. And uh, why don't you throw some names out and what they did last week too, pal? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start with uh, Dylan Cousins. Uh, you know, Buffalo, um, we've, we've obviously talked about the, the numbers uh, for the Sabres or the record for the Sabres not being great to start. Some goaltending questions there. But Cousins, uh, one of the, the bright spots thus far, uh, had, uh, let's see, had uh, five points last week, two goals, three assists. Uh, two of those points, uh, two of those assists coming with the power play. So a pretty decent week. And that just goes to show you, like, it's not always, uh, you don't always want to just write off uh, every single team. Uh, Cousins playing on the top line with Jordan Greenway, Tage Thompson right now. Uh, pick and choose your spots. Obviously, Buffalo uh, will have some opportunities to, to get some points here and there throughout the week. Um, you know, I, th- I think, uh you know, some of the other names up here, Sam Reinhart for Florida. Again, that's another example we talked, you know, Panthers, another bottom of the Atlantic team. Reinhart, really good week, five goals, one assist, 13 shots. Um, so uh, a player to target target from that team. Again, another top line guy playing with Barkov and, and Evan Rodriguez. So you got to find ways. Uh, Barkov, for his part, is another player to think about looking at. Um, just to open the season, he's got six points in his last four games. Uh, finally got his first goal the other night against Vancouver. Uh, so there's definitely uh, some ways to to get value out of these lower teams, Paul. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, you mentioned Barkov. I'll start. I'll piggyback on that comment because for years, I felt this guy's very underrated. And, you know, you, I've had a chance to watch him play, play a lot in the Atlantic Division matchups in Toronto and Montreal. And Boston and he's he's a guy you notice every time he's on the ice he does so many things well at both ends of the rink and makes him extra valuable but one of those pivots who can score but play in his own end a 200 foot game you don't hear that about some of the some of the big boys but he's definitely one guy that fits that bill I want to give a nod to two veteran players that we talk about uh, we've talked about for years AJ on this show John Tavares people have been saying you know that contract this and that and the other look, look at it. he's he's a guy that has 18 shots on goal already this season. He's got nine points in in the games played by the five games by played by the Leafs. So on fire, playing a key role in their power play. Uh, added two goals, two helpers last week, and right with, along with him, Joe Pavelski. We're waiting for him to slide as a guy who's in his age 38, 39 season, still playing about 16 minutes a game, and still producing within three goals and two helpers last week six shots on goal and playing on the wing on one of the top lines in hockey. So a nod to two of the veterans in the league. I'll uh, switch off to a, a lesser player who may not have this role much uh, for long in the season. But while he's rolling, Andrew Kopp is an interesting look. If you're short at center, he's playing a death position with the wings, but had three goals last week. But I'm looking at how active he is with 15 shots on goal. That tells me he's in the middle of a lot of play. So uh, worth mentioning him. One final guy I'll mention in the same vein, Stefan Noason with Carolina. Many people thought that this was going to be one of the top teams, maybe the top team in the NHL. And Noason will play at least a third-line role, if not higher. Last week, one goal and five helpers. He's only owned in 4% of the leagues in the uh, in fantasy play. So that might be a, a player you want to look at to add to your roster. AJ, you can add more forward talk if you want or transition us to talk on the blue liners of the past week. Yeah, I'll just add uh, one more name uh, this this last week. Jasper Bratt uh, only had two games. So from, you know, a fantasy numbers standpoint, a little bit lower overall point total this last week. Um, but five points uh, and all five of them coming with the man advantage here. So a really big, big week from him. Uh, obviously something to consider for, for season-long leagues when you're building that out. How many guys games does a guy play? 
Um, but I think this might have been one of those exceptions where only two games is still worth uh, worth looking at there. In terms of the defensemen, you know, uh, some familiar names at the, the top of the, the numbers here. Uh, Noah Dobson's a player we've talked about a bunch uh, for the Islanders. He had uh, 40.9 fantasy points in, in three games this week. Really high shot total for him. 14 shot, or I'm sorry, blocks. 14 blocks over the last week. Shots were 11. Um, that was on the higher side as well. Let me just double check. Yeah, it comes in uh, right behind, you know, Mackenzie Weger led the way in shots this past week, but no points in four games. So uh, you know, kind of a disappointment there. Again, Quinn Hughes, similar, 13 shots, one goal uh, in three games. It was a power play goal. Um, so some heavy volume shot takers. I, I think for me, I like to stick with those guys and, and play through the play through the issues, right? You know, I, I think you're not um, not necessarily want to drop a guy just because the, the totals aren't there or maybe not drop him, but bench him. Uh, I would consider keeping Mackenzie Weger in your lineup this upcoming week. Like I said, huge shot totals. Um, big minutes overall, just eventually, I think he'll start converting. And uh, we're going to go back to a Detroit, another Detroit player, AJ. This is uh, an interesting backstory with Shane Gossesbear. A few years ago, one of the top point getters in the NHL among defensemen. But he's fallen off that pace in the last few seasons. Looks like he's ready to challenge that higher level again, though, coming off a four-point week. Nine shots on goal. He's, he's a linchpin on their power play, and they've got some talent around him that has helped them get off to that hot start. And I like Sean Dursey. I mean, some years I, I put a big X through a team, but Sean Dursey showed me a lot in Los Angeles, and he looks like he's picking right up right left off for Arizona. Three points in the, the past week, 34.4 fantasy points because he also had some block shots, seven block shots to go with 11. Uh, shots on goal so he's doing it at both ends of the rink playing almost 23 minutes a game so you want to have a guy that, that that's that busy and i know people are down on the washington capitals and uh, they play the leafs uh, tonight so i'll be watching that game and one of the guys i'll be keying on and surely leafs will be is john carlson they have still got some name brand players up front including ov and and uh, nicholas backstrom and and uh, tj Oshie and the like so when they put that power play together it's still going to be a scary looking unit i think more often than not. And Carlson is the linchpin of that group. So don't forget about him. He's off to a good, nice start. And uh, a Seattle club that still doesn't get as much ink as I think they should because they made a big splash in the NHL last year. And one of the guys that helped them that way is underrated in that regard too. And that's Vince Dunn, another power play quarterback of note. And uh, he, he's getting his flowers though this year, owned by 94% of ownership in fantasy leagues, and he's off to a nice start himself with four points and six shots on goal last week. One final name worth mentioning, with the injuries on the back end in Florida, we wondered who would pick up the slack, and uh, Oliver ekman Larson has certainly stepped in seamlessly, only owned in 19% of pools, and I think that number is going to rise precipitously over the next few weeks. He continues to be the power play quarterback over there. He picked up a couple of points last week, had seven shots on goal, but added nine blocks as well. So, again, another veteran who's doing it at both ends of the rink. AJ, any more players from this group that you'd like to talk about? Well, I do want to just correct uh, myself. I don't know what I was thinking. Mackenzie Weger is on Calgary, not yeah. Florida. Um, wasn't on Florida last year either. So, apparently, I'm, I'm two years behind on <laughs> that one. Uh, so, apologies there. Um, but yeah, so uh, Mackenzie Weger on a slightly better, a better team there, uh, you know, flames kind of middle of the, the table in the Pacific. So um, yeah, just want to correct that. that That's quick. my fault, actually. <laughs> and uh, well, another name that we can talk about from the back, a couple of names, J Jake Sanderson has kind of overtaken two other offensive pieces in the Ottawa situation and he's getting a lot of looks in the power play and that can affect uh, Jacob Chikrin's ownership, Thomas Shabbat's ownership, but Jake Sanderson is a guy who's on the rise over there and looks to be the top choice among the three highly offensive-minded players that Ottawa can roll out on a nightly basis from the back end. So make sure you get that right because you could be in for a real bonanza if you pick the right guy and at the moment it certainly looks like it's Jake Sanderson, a youngster with a tremendous upside and a big contract already. Uh, they rewarded him very early on compared to some of the guys that have broken into the NHL. He's already hit the mother load with that multi-year big dollar contract. So good for him on the, in the Ottawa back end. 
Yeah, I'll toss in uh, one, you know, one kind of cautionary spot here, uh, in my opinion. You know, if you're looking at, at shot totals, again, uh, Mario Ferrara comes in 12. That was third most among uh, defensemen. No power play I signed for him right now. Uh, those numbers might be slightly inflated this last week. He did have, uh, looks like, six shots against Boston, five shots against Nashville. So decent teams that he's getting plenty of shots on. But prior to those two games in the opening three contests, just three shots. So maybe, uh, uh, you know, maybe you sit on that one a little bit. Maybe you pick him up if you have a spot available and, and leave, just leave him on the bench for now, see if that can carry forward. But uh, I'm not sold that that high shot total, like I said, third most of any defenseman this last week, not totally sold uh, that those numbers are going to hang on into, into the rest of the season. Right. Let's go into the goalies, AJ. I mean, we expect uh, Alexander Georgiev to have a big season, and he led the goalies in terms of points in fantasy last week with a total of 51.8 based on the three wins and 78 saves and a shutout. Another guy who got a shutout and was right behind him uh, was another Detroit player. James Reimer was signed as a bit of an afterthought to the Red Wings situation, but he's right in the middle of the goalie mix, appearing in two games and earning 40.2 fantasy points and receiving for the two wins with only two goals against on 52 saves and a shutout. So good for him. I've got a soft spot for him for his time in Toronto, where it was a very popular Maple Leaf. And uh, again, behind him, another guy that wasn't uh, ranked among our top 10 goalies, but he has been ranked as a, a top prospect for a couple of years and then kind of disappeared off the goalie map. But uh, Carter Hart for Philadelphia off to a nice start last week. Two wins, uh, one goal against, and a shutout. So three goalies picking up shutouts at the top of the list here. Elias Sorokin was a fourth, but he got blitzed in another start to go move him down the list a little bit. And then a uh, guy who's playing hero for Arizona again is Carol Vimelka. I mean, people pan the Coyotes as an easy out in this league, but I tell you, whenever I've seen this guy play, he really gets in the way of a lot of shots. He faced a lot last week and made 65 saves. So the, the shot total at Arizona gives up is going to keep him in play in fantasy, I think, and he'll get his share of wins because I think he's a guy that they're going to lean on for, for games played at the very least. One final one before I toss it over to you. The questions were right off the, out of the hop in Tampa to see what would they have in the Nets. Jonas Johansson has been the guy that's played the lion's share of the games. He appeared in three starts last week, earning 36.2 fantasy points. And he's owned in 49% of leagues. But uh, if you're looking for a depth goal, he's not a bad choice because he's going to play a lot. He received for only one win in those three starts and gave up 10 goals against. But look at the shots, the saves. He tops the list in terms of 102 saves last week. And that's a bit of a problem. they got to tighten things up, I think, in Tampa. They gave up over 50 against the Maple Leafs on the weekend. And it was quite a shooting gallery, but he held up and at least got them a point in that one. For uh, another option here, uh, one player that I don't think either of us uh, really thought uh, was going to be uh, on a, on the list of top players in any week, uh, you got to give uh, give a nod to to Jake Allen here. Two and zero last week, nine five seven save percentage, one point four nine goals against average for the year. He's undefeated, which is crazy to think. He got the overtime. Uh, well. He hasn't suffered a regulation loss. Let's put it that way. Um, suffered the overtime loser to Toronto. Gave up five in that one. Was benched uh, for the next two games. But now has started, started two straight and is looking uh, much better uh, in the nets. Can he hold on to that? I'm not so sold on that, Mark. Um, Samuel Maltembeau will, will be the other option there. I think eventually we're going to see this Montreal team drop uh, from from the rankings uh, where they are right now, sitting three one and one on the year, uh, third place in the Atlantic. But uh, I do think you know maybe for the time being, again, if you have uh, some goalie question marks, Allen may be available in your league. Uh, give him a look, see see what's going on there, um, and maybe hold on to him for a little bit just to see if he can continue to to thrive. Right now, he's he's playing some of the best hockey, I think of his career, um, you know, at least uh, in his time with Montreal. AJ, we're going to talk a little bit about the Edmonton captain who is going to be sidelined for a week or so. And uh, that's big news around uh, Western Canada at the very least, considering they have the outdoor game coming up. But uh, in the Nets, it's a bit of a quandary as it has been since they had the Skinner 
Campbell tandem uh, put together. And right now, Jack Campbell might have the inside lane, appearing in two starts last week, getting one win and earning 32.6 fantasy points. I mean, look, Edmonton stumbled out of the gate. We know that they're going to get, we think they're going to get their game together. I really believe they will. So getting the right goalie in, who's going to be, maybe dom- be dominant, and that's his uh, key thing, key development. Uh, I note that Campbell's only owned in 39% of leagues, uh, at least in Yahoo play. So that's a consideration. And the ditto for Joseph, Joseph Wall, I mentioned off the top, that he is challenging Sergei Samsonov for some playing time and he's going to start the, the game against Washington so that looks like a high win probability for the Leaf rookie as well and uh, one or more goalie I'll mention in a new situation Spencer Martin he came through a troubled season last year and moved on to Columbus appeared in two starts for that team one got one win and made 60 saves he's only owned in one percent of leagues I mean somebody's got to play in net for Columbus they're not projected to be a playoff team but you want to get those wins if you can Maybe you're looking for a third goalie. He's uh, out there and available in the fantasy leagues. AJ, before we close this category out, uh, have you noticed anything in the Boston situation that makes you uh, lean one way or another, Allmark or Swayman? Are we going to say much the same as what we did last year, a split in your mind? And any other goalies you want to talk about? Yeah, I think we'll continue to see a pretty even split. I mean, right now it is straight up 50-50, just going every other night. Um no reason not to at this point, uh, you know, your con- you know, one concern would be that your quote unquote starter Omar would, would stumble sharing the nets. He's given up just one goal in each of his three appearances. So it doesn't seem to be bothering him. Swayman coming in uh, gives up two goals in each of his two appearances. So the numbers are still uh, really good for both guys. Um, if, you know, if you had your choice between the two, I'd probably take Omar, but uh, I don't really see much that's gonna gonna separate these guys at at any point here. So, um, yeah, I think you just ride ride through. Uh, if you have the ability to get both and kind of do a, a handcuff situation, that's probably the best bet. Um, but I would imagine Swayman is owned pretty handily uh, in in most teams. Looks like uh, we're looking at ninety two percent. So I'm guessing most people probably don't have the chance to have both these guys right now. Um, and you're just going to, it means you're going to have to be that much more active checking out places like rotowire.com, the starting goalie grid, where you can see who's going to get the, the start on a nightly basis there. And uh, we'll transition now to the most added players, AJ, over the past week. And I'll go through the first four because there's notable situations for all four of them. And then you can pick them, pick away at the next batch. But Toivo Teravainen was the most added player in fantasy last week. I don't quite get the low ownership. Started out at 8.6% and rose to 58.4 by the end of the week, a jump of almost 50% for a guy who's played alongside Sebastian Ajo, who's been in and out of the lineup for Calgary this year, incidentally, but Carolina rather, and he should be healthy soon. And I, I would like to see him reunited with Teravainen because they were dynamic together. And in, in any case, Teravainen is a lock to play top six minutes and power play time against on that team. And then up next, Jacob Slavin, highly touted as one of the top defensive defensemen in the NHL, but he's picked up his offense this year and that helped him get a jump of 44% of his ownership. He's now owned in 64% of leagues. Again, a very safe pick for a guy who fills the stat sheet across the board and should be a consideration if you're looking for help on the blue line. If you're looking for help in the nets, uh, I look no further than Jordan Bennington so far, AJ. Up the ownership bumped 37%, and this is one of the guys who doesn't have a, a veteran backup. Uh, Hofer is the name of the St. Louis backup, and he's going to only play about 20, 25 games. That means that Bennington could be a lock for as many as 60 starts again, and if St. Louis wins half of them, that's 30 goalie wins. So you can't shy away from that number, and uh, Bennington is a wise choice if you're looking for a two or a three in your roster. And then you might have something to say about the next guy on the list, Brian Rust, playing top six minutes a lot of time with Sidney Crosby, who has not lost a step at all in the early going. And Rust has quietly been an excellent sidekick for him in his time in Pittsburgh. Uh, The ownership increased by 37%. I don't get why you wouldn't look at a guy like this who has that situation. And uh, I'll leave it to you to add more to that particular player and then add some more players to these thoughts. Yeah, just a a quick comment on on Teravain in there, like, you know, I'm, I'm surprised it's as low as it was, but the jump uh, is not surprised after Sebastian Ajo got hurt. Teravainen's moved into that first line role. 
Um, unfortunately, if you were one of the people who jumped at that, uh, just one assist in his last three games, uh, five shots on goal total over that stretch. Um, so the numbers haven't been great stepping into that role. Uh, did have a real hot start to the season, four points in, or uh, five points in the first four games. But it's definitely cool as those added responsibilities um, from f- for filling in for Ajo appear to be uh, kind of dropping his production of late. Uh, you know, another player on this list, James Reimer. Neither of us were high on, um, you know, high on him to start the season, but the numbers are really good, uh, showing, you know, based on what, what you had, uh, 15%, uh, 15% jump. Even in my uh, Yahoo League, we're looking at only rostered on 27% of teams right now. Uh, definitely a goaltender that, that's worth considering if you, you know, need something there. Uh, a handful of other guys, you know, Seth Jarvis, we talked about him having a really good week. Obviously, that's going to see his numbers jump up six points this last week. I'm not surprised to see those going up. The shot totals throughout the season have been pretty good with the exception of uh, one game in L.A. where he didn't record a shot. Um, Otherwise, those numbers have been really, really good for him. Andrew Kopp, another player that's having just a strong start to the season that's inherently going to see those numbers jump. Uh, Again, you know, the no points in the last two games, but he's managed at least three shots on goal in each of the first six games. So I wouldn't be too worried about the dip uh, in production in the last two games. He's still getting plenty of power play minutes. So I think that's obviously important as well. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely some guys. Uh, Andrew Kopp, basically unowned, uh, according to, to the numbers we have here, uh, and still kind of slowly building up steam. Uh, again, in my Yahoo League, just 22% ownership uh, on, on Yahoo. Um, so, yeah, just another player to keep an eye on as those numbers continue to tick up and up. Uh, or does he go, you know, ice cold and uh, you're you're one of the smart ones who didn't pick him up? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and in the top 10 in terms of the most added players last week, I'm going to throw more, two more names out. Brady Shea for Carolina. I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong picking a top four defenseman or a top six forward in the Carolina circumstance. And Shea certainly fits the bill. And on the blue line, his ownership was 50%. It jumped almost to 75 last week. So a big spike for a guy who has been able to score in this league. He got 18 goals last year off to a pretty nice offensive start. But he's also a guy who gets in the way of a lot of shots at the other end too. So the blocks category and hits are populated by him as well. So a solid pick there. And Evan Rodriguez has been a guy who's played third and fourth line minutes for much of his career. But he's getting a first line opportunity alongside Alex Barkov. And the numbers are there so far. Only 3.7% ownership at the beginning of the week. Jump 22% last week. And he's, by all accounts, earning more reps at that position. And like I said, I like Barkov a lot. So anybody who plays alongside him is going to get some scoring chances for sure. For sure. Then uh, James Reimer in Boston. Look, at I didn't understand this fit from the get-go. But there must be a magic mist in that dressing room that revives people's careers. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Van Riemsdyk was wallowing in Philadelphia in the last couple of years in a bit of a miserable situation there and couldn't really get find his groove offensively like we've known him to be in the past. And I thought, was he washed up? Well, the early returns tell me, no, not yet. And uh, he's thriving in Boston in a top six role and his ownership spiked by 14.9%, still only at 17%. But uh, you got to watch what's happening in Boston, folks. Maybe they are not as bad as we thought they were going to be. And uh, as long as Van Riemsdyk is in the top six and playing power play minutes, he's going to produce some crooked numbers there and be worth a look. And finally, a guy who has uh, been able to go home, uh, Claude Giroux, back in Ottawa, where he was born and raised. And uh, he had an outstanding career, much of it with Philadelphia, of course. And uh, the offensive numbers were back in shape last year, where he was a point-of-game player. And he looks like he could be that way again this year, playing in the plum role on the top six and as well uh, a real leader on this team and uh, uh, all signs point to another productive season for the Ottawa veteran and uh, his ownership is still only at 67%. It's went up by 10.5 last week. And uh, AJ, uh, one more name that I'll add and you can chime in or take us 
we'll take a break, whatever you choose. I'll give you a minute to think about that. But Chandler Stevenson is a guy that I will continue to bang the drum for this player in Vegas. A year ago, people didn't even know who he was, but I thought he's in a top six role there among the star-studded lineup. And he earned his keep last week, last year and stayed in that role all year and quietly produced a very nice season. And he's off to doing it again, still owned in 72.2%. I bet there's room in other leagues for people to pick him up because you might be missing out on a situation where he is in, a, as I said, a good role and getting power play time with uh, some of the name recognition types there on, a, on the Stanley Cup champs who are out of the gate in a big hurry this year to validate their uh, standing in the league. Well, with that, Paul, I will lead us into the break. Uh, we'll take a little uh, little break here, give our sponsors some airtime, and then we'll come back uh, shortly and uh, dive into the rest of our segment here. Most drop players, injury news, and DFS lineups coming up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com After the break. Okay, we're back, and you're listening to podcast with Statsman and AJ Rotowire's signature fantasy hockey podcast. And we're going to dive into injury news and most drop players now around the league. AJ, I'll flip it to you to take uh, a lead in this segment, and then I'll uh, add some more names for thought. Sure. Yeah. Starting with uh, drop players, look three, three just not surprises on this list. Kirby Doc who's on IR, expected to miss uh, most, if not all, of the season, I, I believe. Um, yeah, season over, ACL, MCL tear. So he's done, no surprises. I mean, honestly, the surprise is he's still 15% owned, um, <laughs> to be totally honest. Maybe those people haven't checked their leagues yet. Um, Gabe Velarde, four- to six-week absence, uh, obviously seeing a 10% drip there. We talked about Victor Arvidsson. Uh, those numbers taking another dip here as well. Um, you know, from there, then we can get into kind of the more interesting ones. Connor Brown for Edmonton, 15% drop, uh, you know, pointless to open the, the first five games, just two shots on goal over that stretch. 
uh, is supposedly still seeing power play minutes. Not really sure why at this point, but those are with the second unit. Um, I would imagine, you know, they're kind of shuffling things up to address the, the Connor McDavid absence. So he is still in a top six role, but they've got Evander Kane trying to anchor a third line. Don't be surprised if that flips at some point um, or if they give somebody else a look. Just Connor Brown's numbers haven't been great. We talked about the goalie problems here. They continue to be an issue. Stuart Skinner dropping almost 14%, mostly um, because Jack Campbell saw a little bit more workload. But, you know, I would expect this to bounce back a little bit. We'll we'll see Skinner's numbers maybe jump, maybe not all the way back um, because he hasn't performed well, but I would expect it to creep up a little as guys need new goalies and Skinner at least is getting a share of the workload. Uh, and one more name I'll top it, toss in there. Adam Fantilli saw about a 10% drop. That's not surprising. Um, you know, I'm probably more guilty of this than, than a lot of people out there. I get all caught up in a, a rookie coming in. A lot of people probably very high on him. Slow start, not not a bad start, but he is on a on a underperforming team to say it nicely. In Columbus here, um, did have a goal on four shots in his most recent game, so maybe starting to find his stride here. But obviously, uh, a decent number of people jumping ship uh, from from the the rookie train here with Adam Fantilli. So. Those are a couple names uh, kind of up near the top here of our most dropped players. Paul, who else do you want to talk about? Up well, there? I want to talk about the situation in Edmonton. I wouldn't be quick, too quick to jump off the, the boat on both goalies. One of them is going to win a larger role. So uh, as long as you got a piece of, of that net, you're going to be in line for some goalie wins because this is still one of the top teams projected to be in the hunt all year long. So uh, if you got one of them, don't give up yet until they get it sorted out. It's way too early to to punt on, on either of goal of those goalies in case one of them really wins the job outright. In in Florida, I think the same thing is happening with Gustav Forsling. He's a guy that uh, figures to be in the mix as one of the top defensemen in Florida circumstance, particularly as two others are injured right now. So you got to hold on to him, I think. His ownership dropped 11.7%. Uh, Oliver ekman Larson, as I mentioned, has risen to the occasion, kind of filled in one of the offensive slots, but they still have plenty of room for a second guy. They had three last year, and Forsling was one of them. So hold on to him, I think, if you got him. Dawson Mercer is a guy that was kind of the flavor of the month for a couple of months last year in New Jersey, playing top six minutes and really caught fire for them in the playoffs as well. Much was expected this season. The ownership was very high at the start, over 80%, and it's dropped 12% to 71.4%. I think there's a more of a drop in store as long as this guy's playing third line minutes which he has right now and he's very slow to out of the gate with no points thus far this season and uh, the Leafs are uh, uh, mentioned in the top 10 here with Max Domi his ownership uh, dropped from 65 to 54 percent that's probably about right for a guy who's going to be threatening the top six but right now is uh, trying to form a partnership with Matthew Nyes to lengthen the roster on a third unit so as long as he's in that second third range I think 50 percent is it's a good ownership range for him, so jump, don't jump too high on that. And uh, you know, we all expected Jonathan Drouin to have a, a bounce back in Colorado. It's not happening yet, and uh, uh, he hasn't been a, a viable option in fantasy for a couple of years, but I just thought in the Colorado circumstance, he was going to get first or second line minutes. It's not working out so far, and uh, uh, 21% ownership went down to 10.7 this past week. And I think it's going to stay in that range until he shows, does he have it offensively or not? And uh, that remains to be seen. One final name I'll throw out. Uh, again, uh, uh, usually a team that you put a big X through and, and when I'm preparing for fantasy. But in Arizona, they're starting to turn things around slowly. And one of the guys they're building around is Lawson Krause. He's going to get a ton of playing time there. He's a guy who scored a lot for them in the past. A physical player, big power forward type. I got room for this guy in my lineup. His ownership right now is in the 52.7% range. Somebody's going to score for this team and score a lot, and I think he's my candidate to do that in a lot of good situations. As I said, he'll populate your stat sheet with the hits and block shots as well. On the other side, AJ, one more before I let you back in. Evander Kane, this guy better just shut up and play. How about that for a hot take? Because he knocked <laughs> off last week about not getting ice time. Well, he's not earned it so far. And he was all set to play top six minutes with either Dreisaitl or or 
McDavid on the season, but it's just not working out for him so far. And I don't know if he's in a fog or what, but the ownership was only 57.2 to start the week. It finished at 48.2. And that, that sound bite, bite did not make me think that he's making any friends in upper management in Edmonton. And uh, he could find himself in the shadow Bow Wow pretty soon if he keeps that up. Well, one uh, one name I will toss out there uh, that's on this list is Ricard Raquel for the Penguins. About an eight percent drop here. Uh, not surprising, looking at his his numbers uh, overall. Uh, one assist through five games. Uh, I've seen some rumblings that he could get dropped from the number one power play unit as well. So that's something to keep an eye on. Again, RotoWire.com. Our depth charts, our power play depth charts are up to date on that information. So um, certainly one to watch. And I mean, any, you know, I would have said uh, at the start of the season that there was little chance that uh, Raquel would be dropped from a top six role. I f- feel like the top six is pretty well cemented here. Uh, but Mike Sullivan was not happy after the Penguins last win. Uh, and I think Raquel could be, uh, in danger, uh, Redeem Zahorna was one of the lone bright spots in that loss to uh, the Blues. Uh, so I, I do think uh, there's there's more of a possibility than I than I think I would have um, believed at the start of the season. Uh, so something to keep an eye on. Uh, can he hold on to that spot on the power play? And I would imagine if he doesn't, uh, you're going to see those numbers dip even further especially if he were to get dropped off that, that second line, because Lars Eller is a defensive specialist uh, and that third line is not necessarily built as a scoring line. So if he's not with Evgeny Malkin or, or Sidney Crosby, uh, I think Raquel could be in for a lengthier slump. Well, AJ, I'm looking at the goalie tandem in Ottawa of Forsberg and Corpus Allo, And I wonder who's going to win out the uh, extra uh, assignments there on the season. And certainly it looks like people in fantasy are wondering the same thing with Corpus Allo's ownership dropping 8%. And you wonder, I, I think the uh, the other guy has been just a solid citizen there. Forsberg just plugged along and got his share of the net. And I have more faith in him based on what he's done more recently. The other guy has been injured uh, more than I'd like to see. So I'm uh, concerned to see who wins out that role and uh, would would lean on that direction for sure. And maybe the same thing can be said in Carolina. Again, I've said for the third time on the show, one of the top teams we expect in the regular season, and they've already had three goalies hit the nets, but uh, Freddie Anderson is a guy that they want to be their number one, and his ownership reflects that. His start of the week at 79.8 was uh, uh, in the injury list all all week long, and it dropped 71.6% to 71.6% dropping 8%. And uh, by all accounts, he's ready to take back the net. And if he can stay healthy, this guy's going to be among the leaders in the goalie category. So if, if there is some wiggle room there over almost 25% uh, availability in fantasy leagues. Again, I don't get that for a guy who should be their number one guy and could, is overdue for a run of good health. So uh, bad luck has kind of haunted him in, in terms of the injuries he's accumulated. But when he plays, he's still one of the winningest goalies in the history of hockey. So uh, I, I would certainly grab him if he's available in my league. And then, uh, you know what, as long as uh, I'm talking about Mo- the Montreal Canadiens, I have to mention there's two viable offensive choices here. Neither one of them is named Yura Slavkovsky. The, they have Nick Suzuki and they have Con- Cole Caulfield as viable offensive candidates that will fill a role in your fantasy leagues. Slavkovsky is still not ready, in my opinion, and Montreal's got a tough decision in the offing. They could still send him back to junior if they want and uh, to, or to get some more seasoning here. Uh, I just don't know if if uh, he's really ready to, to make the dent that people expect from a number one overall pick. Not all of them turn out to be Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid. This guy might be just a guy who needs more time. It sure looks like it to me. And his ownership is way inflated. It's It started at 80.4. It's now at 72.4, a drop of 8%. And that number is going to go down as the season progresses, in my opinion. I think uh, we can circle up to, to injury news then, Paul. We'll uh, talk about the big one, obviously, first, Connor McDavid. Uh, uh, 
any time out. Uh, you know, I think we said at the start of the season, if anybody was going to win the scoring title, it probably would require McDavid to, to miss some time. That's evident to start the season, eight points in five games. Uh, we're looking at at least a week, um, but obviously, you know, questions become uh, if it carries on beyond that. Paul, you highlighted the upcoming outdoor game. Uh, seems unlikely he'll be ready for that one, but we'll we'll see uh, how it goes there. In his stead, we're going to see uh, Leon Dreisaitl on the top line. That's no surprise. Ryan Nugent Hopkins will anchor the center unit. Like I said, they've moved some things around right now. We've got Hyman, Dreisaitl, and Janmark on that top line. Warren Fogel, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Connor Brown on the second line. Um, and the complaining Evander Kane on the third line there. Um, some other kind of big injuries uh, that have come up around the league. Uh, we got confirmation that Robbie Fabry will be out a month for Detroit. Certainly a big one there. Patrick Laine is on injured reserve, uh, going to miss at least uh, at least the next two games. Could be longer. Uh, took a high hit from Rasmus Anderson, who got a four-game suspension as a result. Uh, Taylor Hall is uh, considered week-to-week as of, as of an update yesterday. Uh, Jason Zucker, another player, ends up on injured reserve, uh, and he is week-to-week as well. So we've got a couple of kind of big name guys that are on the on the shelf uh there there's more out there paul uh obviously with hall out for chicago we're gonna see uh you know andreas often is moving into a top six role nick felino there as well with jake jason zucker in arizona uh you'll get nick schmaltz and larson kraus are seeing upticks and opportunities there uh, Paul, who else around the league stands out to you as a big loss for, for their team? Well, Alex Killorn in Anaheim was expected to be a key part there, but he broke his finger and he's going to be missing till early November. I wanna, I'm want i looking forward to seeing where he fits in in the lineup and could be a, a team leader there and somebody that kind of leads kind of a, a slow turnaround for that group. So I'm kind of curious to see where he fits in and we won't have to wait too much longer to find that out. Uh, of course, in Anaheim, Jamie Drysdale is a guy that they're pinning some of their future hopes on as maybe the linchpin on the back end. He's going to return later this week, so interested to see where he fits in. And a guy who was projected to be one of the top goal scorers in the league last year, Andrei Svechnikov, he had a knee injury that ruined his season last year, and he's finally practicing, could return later this week to bolster that uh, top-notch Carolina club. So he's a guy that people are waiting up for his return, along with Sebastian Ajo, who missed three games so far and should be back in the lineup Uh, within uh, the next week. Another name that I'll mention, Matthew Boldy, uh, emerged as something of a a surprising star for Minnesota last year. He's dealing with an upper body injury, but again, should be able to return within a week. And one more bit of good news that I can share for Vegas fans who are still talking about the Stanley Cup win and and bathing in in the fact that this team is undefeated to start the season. They're doing it without Alex Petrangelo. He's back at practice after stopping a shot with his face or his head, and they should be able to suit up pretty soon, making that strong team even stronger. So uh, that's that's a lot of good news on the injury front. Uh, in terms of maybe the bad news that I want to I want to note and transition us into the DFS segment. Look, at San Jose is in real trouble this year, and and they're they're hurt by the fact, really hampered by the fact that Mikael Grandlund and Logan Couture, two veterans, are dealing with lower body injuries, and they're expected to be out for several weeks. These guys. Are leaders on this club and well whoa 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 let's be clear not having miko grandlin in the lineup is probably better for san jose <laughs> let's, let's i thought i i thought i'd tickle a funny bone there but so certainly couture is a team leader on this club and missing those two pieces from the top six makes this kind of the free spot of the bingo card when you're looking for goalie wins in fantasy and uh, so that's the segue aj in terms of the dfs strategy tonight on a 16 game slate we got everybody playing and a real cool schedule too where no two games even start at the same time so it starts with a six o'clock start with leafs and the caps and it ends with an 11 o'clock start and there's there's games starting every half hour every 15 minutes between those games so it's kind of a real cool thing the nhl has done in terms of setting up today's date on the schedule and uh, i wonder what your draft strategy might be with such a big slate tonight well i mean for me i think it doesn't it doesn't totally change um you know trying to find 
mismatches. Um, you know, there's obviously going to be a lot of options, of course, with with everybody available. Um, well, I shouldn't say everybody. So uh, at least over on DraftKings, the games start with the seven o'clock Eastern uh, games. So the the first couple of early games are not in the kind of main slate. So um, that is a consideration as well. Some of those very, very early games like um, uh, the Toronto game is not included in that slate. Uh, Anaheim, Columbus, Buffalo against Ottawa. So uh, that is important to note as well. So you're not going to be building, uh, at least in the, the DraftKings main slate, you're not going to be using Matthews or, um, you know, some of, some of these other guys. So, um, but I think you still find matchups to capitalize on. And for me, uh, one of those matchups is the Detroit Red Wings. I think they're going up against Seattle. Uh, it's a good opportunity for them to keep rolling. They're playing at home. Uh, so I think it's a good good spot for them. So I start that uh, with Dylan Larkin in my lineup at center. 7300 is the price tag for him. Uh, hard to keep him out right now. He's just playing so, so well. Um, I paired him up with Alex DeBrincat, who comes in at 7300 as a as a winger here. Uh, and then I took I took Cop, who I mentioned earlier, um, Detroit. Again, just looking so good right now. Cop uh, getting power play opportunities, not on the same group with the aforementioned DeBrincat and Larkin, um, but I still like his his opportunities there. So uh, apologies for kind of going up and down there, but I figured I'd highlight that team as well. So back to center along with Larkin. I went with Ryan Johansson uh, playing for, for Colorado right now. It's a good matchup with them going up against the Islanders. Johansson's just 3,600. Uh, and is getting first power play opportunities uh, for that club. In fact, three, uh, his last three points, his only three points this season have all come uh, with the man advantage there. So good to capitalize on that. To the wingers, again, along with DeBrincat, I went with Jasper Bratt, uh, New Jersey, good matchup going up against Montreal. I know we said Montreal's looking better, but I don't expect that to carry on forever. Brat has uh, a ridiculous eight points in his last three games to open the season. No reason to expect that drop off here. And you're only paying 6,600 on DraftKings for him. Uh, I needed a cheap option. I, I spent some money here throughout my lineup. Alex Barry Boulay uh, for uh, the, the Lightning is currently assigned to the top line with Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov. We'll see if that holds. Uh, but if it does, I think it's a good assignment for him. And at 3,300, he's a really cheap option. Uh, I mentioned Andrew Kopp as my utility guy, 4,500 price tag for him. On the D, I tried to highlight some guys putting shots on net, getting power play opportunities. So for me, that starts uh, with, uh, with Quinn Hughes there for the Vancouver Canucks. He comes in at 5,100 here, has a power play tally uh, to open the season, four power play points out of a total of five on the year. Plenty of shots in his last three games. I think it's a good chance for him. And then uh, Valamaki for Arizona. Uh, again, a little bit of a cheaper option here. Had to save some money, but 4100 is the price tag for him. It's not a great matchup for Arizona, but I don't think it's a terrible one. He's got three points in the last two games. Uh, all three scored on the power play. His number, His power play minutes are up there. I think he's a good kind of steal option there. And then between the Nets, uh, I'm going to go to the Boston matchup. No reason to think that that will drop off. Uh, they are on the road against Chicago, who has been better than I think we expected. Swayman comes in at 8,200. Uh, based on the back and forth, we don't have quite a confirmation yet, at least not at rotowire.com, that he'll get the start. But um, at least at this point, he's more likely. But if he doesn't, obviously, Olmark is, is there. They're the same price tag, so you can just switch. Um, one for the other, but I think Swayman gets to start based on their back and forth. So that's how I built out my DraftKings lineup, Paul. What do you have to say over on FanDuel? Well, I got two names from your list uh, in my lineup. We didn't share any of this information before, so I'll piggyback on that when I get to the those those types. But I, too, look for the mismatches and guys that are playing well and maybe not costing as much as some of the big boys in their categories. And that begins with the talk at center. I spent uh, a few minutes talking about Alex Barkov in Florida. He's got the nice matchup against San Jose. I panned them, 
and look at look at the opposition tonight. I think Florida's got an easy win in store, and Barkov should play a key role offensively, costing only $6,700 in that first line and first power play opportunity. Ditto for Mark Shifley with Winnipeg against St. Louis. I mean, I talked about Bennington, highly acclaimed by me at the early going, but Winnipeg's rolling too, and Shifley's been in the middle of that. $6,100 his price tag. So that's a pretty good duo at center for less than $7,000 each. And that afforded me a chance to spend up on a couple of wing positions. Again, first liners with their respective clubs. I look at the team leader in Boston. That's Brad Marchand, $7,600 for his visit to Chicago. I think it's another chance for Boston to grind out another win. And you can bet that Marchand will be a factor there. And then Adrian Kempe has been a nice add in L.A., playing top-line minutes for the Kings and top six minutes at the worst and power play time as well. He's playing against Arizona at home and costing only $6,800 for that matchup. So that's the first four offensive pieces. Turning our attention to the blue line, I, like you, am a big fan of Quinn Hughes in the early going. Just watching this guy's highlights, he he, it's fun to watch him skate, AJ, the way he can twist and turn and open, uh, clear up some ice. Even though somebody's trying to forecheck him tightly, he turns and finds open space because of his agility. And he's throwing it at both ends of the rink. And of course, one of the league leaders in terms of points from the blue line position last year, poised to do that again, as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, a guy who's a little less highly regarded than him, he was priced at $6,200, is Vince Dunn at $4,900 for Seattle. I'm on the other side of that game, AJ, taking the visitors. Uh, as as a team to, to flex their muscles offensively. Vince Dunn, the linchpin of the Seattle power play and guy who plays 20 to 25 minutes every night with a lot of offensive zone starts uh, on a team that's, I don't think, highly regarded offensively, but they do have a pack of guys, three lines deep, that can score, and he's going to get on the ice with all of them tonight as a league le- the team leader in ice time. And one of those guys that he plays with is one of my two utility guys, Jordan Eberle, for uh, Priced in at $4,600. I had to go cheap on the utility side, AJ, because I spent up on some of the other positions here. So Eberly was a, a nice pickup for a top six player, getting him at sub $5,000 when he plays power play minutes against the high-flying wings. I know it's a bit of a risky play, but I like Seattle tonight, as I said. And the second guy that I picked that you picked as well is Ryan Johansson. Just comes in as a very nice value play for Colorado. You mentioned that he's playing high up in that lineup as a second-line center, getting look on the power play. That's enough for me to be playing with the big boys there, even if it is against a defensive-minded team like the Islanders, who will have, sport one of the top goalies in the league if Sorokin plays in that game tonight. Which brings me to the goalie pick this evening. And again, I look for the free, thought, free spot in the bingo card. For me, it's whoever's playing against San Jose this evening, and that happens to be Anthony Stolarz looking like the goalie of record. And coming in at sub $8,000, I think that's a bargain and uh, helps me fill out my lineup. I don't have an extra cent to spare, so I had to go cheap, and I find a guy with a very high win probability. Quite pleased with that. Which brings us to our final thoughts, AJ. I mean, we have that 16-game slate, and uh, I have no other plans this evening, so I'm going to do a live look in at each of the games. That's my goal tonight. Of course, starting out with the Leaf game early on uh, with nothing else in the way. That's going to be the dinner fare at the Bruno household, and... Uh, I know my wife's within earshot. Maybe she'll have something to say later. But that's the plan anyway for me here in Toronto. And I wonder what you think about the 16-game schedule and any other closing thoughts. Yeah, I love this. Um, you know, I, honestly, if you're if you're a hockey junkie like Paul and I, I think you just put on the um, – I mean, I guess if you want to watch your team, of course. But um, you just put on that, that Toronto game. You're going to watch that one all the way through. As soon as Toronto's over, you switch over to the, the Anaheim-Columbus game, watch the end of that one, and just keep rolling. Just keep watching the end of the game uh, all, all night through. That that might be the best strategy tonight. Uh, obviously, you know, if you – I assume most people have a team that they cheer for. You can put that on a second screen, right? So I'll have – I'll put the Penguins up on a second screen, and then on the other one I'll just roll through the, the finishes as they go through. So – uh, that's that's my strategy today, at least. That's <laughs> how we're going to roll. All right. And uh, we want to thank you all for listening to RotoWire's podcast with Stat and Anaji. We'll be back next week with a look at maybe we'll look at your favorite division in hockey. AJ, and, uh, yeah, it, let's put that off another week. Bums. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll talk, but definitely another divisional focus off the top. And 
we'll cycle through the other portions of the show. Hope you are liking the new format. Don't forget to question us in that regard if you want to see something else. But because we're here to help you guys with your planning of uh, your enjoyment of fantasy hockey, building your teams out and watching out for the injury situation. We'll try to provide as many updates as we can in all areas. Welcoming your questions on Twitter, where you can follow me, Paul Bruno at Statsman22. You can follow AJ at AJScholes24. So long, everybody. We'll see you next week. We'll be right back.